Hurricane Ida roared ashore in southeast Louisiana on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, leaving a wide swath of the state uninhabitable and roughly a million people without power before continuing its destructive march north. This is Behind the Lens, a podcast from The Lens, New Orleans' first nonprofit, nonpartisan public interest newsroom. I'm Carolyn Heldman. My guest this week is the founder and executive director of The Lens, journalist Karen Gadbois, who is in New Orleans. First off, Karen, hi, how are you? Are you okay? Oh, yeah, we're doing good. Everybody survived the storm? Um, yes, except, you know, some some small bits of sanity. <laughs> sanity is what suffers the most? Yes. Animals okay? Yeah, my little my little lover boy just passed away. My little storm, I used to call him the Margaret Orr of dogs because he always knew when a storm was coming. Um <laughs> He died last week, so Aww. I miss my little weather dog. We have a big uh, mastiff who honestly suffered more than we did. He's, he's not a, a good dog to keep, so we, we dragged him into the shower a couple times. Right. Your big news this morning is you have power. Hallelujah, we have power. Um, the block that I'm on has power, but... And some of the block behind me, it's a tiny little island of power, um, which is deceptive because, you know, you kind of think if you have it, everyone has it. But actually, we're one of the very, very few. Before I want to talk about what it's like in the city now. But but first, I think I, I think I'd like to hear what the storm was like, what you did why you chose not to evacuate, you know, just tell us, tell us how it all went. Well, um, we have a place up Mississippi, um, that we always jokingly refer to. It's a big old schoolhouse that we, you know, refer to as our evacuation, uh, schoolhouse. And when we looked at the map, it was like, that's worse mm. in many ways because it, it's in the national forest, trees come down. Um, we knew we wouldn't get trees on the school, but we could get blockaded in there. And there'd be fewer resources in general. So some people, some of our schoolhouse people, including my daughter and her partner, decided to go up to the schoolhouse. And we decided to stay and keep an eye on what we needed to keep an eye on. So the only time I ever evacuated in the past was Katrina. And at the and at that time, I had um, was having chemo, so it seemed like the wise thing to do. Yeah. All right. But so you I, wrote it out there. How did how did yeah. you, how did the schoolhouse fare? Well, the schoolhouse is no. We stayed here in New Orleans, and the schoolhouse. So we were in contact with the people in Mississippi. Um, the schoolhouse is fine. Um, they didn't have power, so we both didn't have power. Okay. Which is always my main my main worry i don't really worry so much about the wind and the and the trees as i do about the heat and the lack of power so um both places were the route power so you know if we were doing a competitive who made the better choice um consensus was we both made the better choice (laughs) or the wrong choice Mm. 
Um, right. Because they got power back up in Mississippi a few hours uh, before we got power. So it was almost a tie. <laughs> How did the storm itself feel? What was it like to be um, in it? You know, there's certain, like my bedroom, we, we had, this is, you know, ridiculous, but we had power and we had direct TV. Direct TV is sort of like my weather dog too. Like direct TV goes out when it's cloudy, but we had direct TV and power until I want to say like six o'clock at night um, on Sunday. We had a long time. And then the way one side of my house is like very much exposed to it's a long house and it's very raised house. It's very much exposed to to the wind and to the sun and to the elements. And so my bedroom is sort of, we're kind of in a, a little buffered space. So it doesn't sound bad when, when we're in that room. But when we went out in the back porch or the front porch, um, it looked bad. Um, although I must say it, it didn't, you know, we didn't have any trees falling lots of branches but it didn't look it didn't look devastating right it was it was a long time it, it lasted a long time a, yeah it was just a raggedy long time um there was sort of a crescendo of of wind that we kept waiting for the big oak tree out front to topple over it it didn't but it it, it didn't and the sound wasn't the same. Mm. You usually get that high. I could catch snatches of that sound. Um, but usually it's a pervasive sound. Right. So it seemed it was an odd storm, I thought. Then when did you when did you lose power? Sun, I mean, Sunday late evening. And that was that. And I, I wouldn't say we were um, overprepared, <laughs> maybe a little underprepared, mm. but we, you know, slowly, you know, they always say, like, have all your important papers. I would amend that to have, like, make sure you have a giant battery pack for your cell, cell phones. phone. Were you able to sleep that night? Oh, yeah. I could sleep through and sleep through. Years and years ago, there was a tornado that came through that I slept through. <laughs> I slept through the tornado. <laughs> um, and my neighbor called and said, don't worry, I'm out on the neutral ground and I'm safe. And I was like, what are you talking about? So, wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and her house was destroyed there were like houses within my vision that were flattened so yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very successful sleeper <laughs> you're listening to behind the lens i'm carolyn heldman my guest this week is karen gadbois she's the co-founder and director of the lens gadbois is the recipient of a peabody award an alfred i dupont columbia award and a gold medal from investigative reporters and editors. She co-founded The Lens, which aims to engage and empower the residents of New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. So that was all Sunday night. What what did you wake up to Monday morning? Just in general, you know, sort of leafy mess. Um, and 
you know, I, I guess because I guess because people think of Katrina, Katrina is like such an anomaly because of the levees yeah. and the flooding that it's 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 an impossible comparison. It's kind of an absurd comparison in many ways. So compared to other storms like Gustav and Isaac and Zeta, number of other storms that I've sat through, it felt similar to that from from my little perspective on my street. You know, nothing horrifying. But then, you know, went out and like, oh, there's some shingles missing and minor, 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 you know, issues. Um, it wasn't until we went out to do check on another property we have that um, you could begin to see how much roof damage there was. So for a lot of people, the roofs are the, are the big issue. That trues on your house. Right. At first, Entergy and city officials were maybe not intentionally, but over-promising no, sorry, I should reverse that. Under-promising and, and really moderating expectation for when power might be restored and saying things like weeks. Were you at all concerned then, you know, on day two? Or did, did you start to think this could be weeks or did you not? I mean, I can't, I can't, I get storms confused. I do remember being here for a storm that the power was out for a week. So I wouldn't have been shocked if it was out for a week. Right. But I I had some, you know, they always, energy always glooms and dooms, and then they're the heroes when it comes on early. I mean, I think the real story about um, the gas plan and that backup plan going to New Orleans East and what was promised and what was delivered, and I think that's a, a, a you know, interesting and long-term story. and. Michael, when he comes back online, probably be a really good person to talk to about about that failure and um, of of that promise and that reality of of that gas plant. Because that was a taxpayer funded gas plant that was meant to come online exactly in situations like this, and it did not. Is that right? Right. They said it could. They could hard start it, meaning they didn't need a jump start. And then they ended up getting a jump start from Slidell, as I understand it. Was yesterday the first day that you ventured out to go get supplies, ice, etc., or had you been out before? No, we went out. We went out every day. Um, was yesterday well, the first time you did, tried to buy something? No, yesterday was. What's today? Today's Thursday. Right? Today's Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday, um, Tuesday we got donuts in Chalmette. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they that were. I hope they were handing them out for free. No, no, Gerald's no. donuts. They were <laughs> popping, trying Maybe. to get ice. And I have very, very distinct memories of of FEMA giving out ice and water, and I have seen no, I know the National Guard is over at the Mahalia Jackson, and I just, it's just kind of interesting because, honestly, I think 
two things people are desperate for is gas and 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 wall and ice um and after two days you know your fridge is starting to get funky and just in terms of like basic waste you know you're already you're trying to save you know your food and that seems high priority to me since people aren't hand, you know they're handing on mres but you have food like get me some ice we did find an ice vendor down on decatur and 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 uh they were selling blocks of ice so that was really helpful and that was just like an hour to wait for that the costco gas line is going to go down in history are they limiting the most the, are they limiting people's purchases of gasoline to five gallon cans I mean, they're not. No. Okay. I didn't wait in the line. I had a friend that was in the line, and I asked him to update me, and he waited over five hours. Wow. In the line, and the thing is, so many people now have generators. Yeah. And so it's not just your car; it's your generator. Now I don't know how safe it is to store a week's worth of gasoline at your house in advance of a storm. Um, right. Especially if you're in a small home or whatever. So, you know, that kind of weird disconnect between what's necessary and what's not necessary. You know, there's a lot of admonishing on the radio. Stay home, stay home, stay home. The fact of the matter is you got two sort of survival needs, and that's ice and gas. Because talk about um, the heat. It was hot. <laughs> it was in the 90s. It was hot. And, um, you know... I think most people are using their cars as their power stations and their sort of own personal cooling centers. So, you know, you're running through the gas, just water. I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> There's a shower. Um, right. And they have no electricity. <laughs> and sometimes that means they have no way to boil water. I mean, even if they could right. get water. We had some vital services. Water right. being one of them. And a gas stove, so I can cook. You talked a minute ago about, um, you said the National Guard was at Mahalia Jackson, and you, you, you used the word desperation. And I'm wondering, what it, it does it feel a little desperate out on, on the streets, do you think? Um, I think? I think if you were sitting in that five-hour line, you might feel a little desperate, but they were doing a good job of organizing it. I mean, everywhere we saw gas, we saw a line. You know, I don't think, you know, maybe it's easier to speak from the perspective of a past tense because I have electricity now. Yeah. And I'm expecting a couple of Lens employees to come to over any minute now to and cool work from, from air conditioning. So, uh, you know, it's the immediate sense um, is what you are experiencing. Like, are you immediately impacted another there was a really strange incident in jefferson parish where a woman got shot um i don't know if you heard that i did story but she was she um, was angry and was like ran over maybe a, mental ill yeah yeah i mean the whole thing just sounded like a mess yeah it's it, it's easy to sort of say get people Yep. So now they're saying, like, if you have a family member, you should 
get them out of town. Like, oh, okay. Family member, I can barely manage to sort of keep their mental health and jack it up. Put them in a car and drag them out of town. Like, we just don't have the capacity to deal with people where they are. Um, And so that sort of sense of desperation can trigger things in people that, you know, they otherwise may not. Stepping back a bit, there's an interesting sort of dynamic at play here where right after the storm, there was some talk on Twitter about, so the lower parishes and west and south of the city really fared altogether, I think, much worse in this storm Uh than the city of New Orleans. But on Twitter, you know, there's a lot of talk about how New Orleans is getting lots of attention and no one's thinking about Laplace and Port Fouchon and, you know, places like that. Now that's shifting slightly on Twitter because this, you know, this hurricane has just gone up, 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 up and left behind lots of destruction and the flooding now in New York, which was unseen, unheard of flooding in the city of New York. And now it's heading up to New England. No one is interested in New Orleans anymore. So it's, it's kind of a, um, I don't know, just reflect on people's attention spans, I guess. And well, I don't think it's people's attention span. Honestly, I think people pay attention. I think for me, it's the enduring question of what do we do? What do we do? Like personally, what we do personally, you know, getting rid of plastic straws is not going to do it. Hmm. So, you know, and then this sort of distaste for marrying climate change and the petrochemical industry into a thing <laughs> of response, you know, like these things are tied and that's not that's not someone's fantasy land tied they're tied right um and that we so seldom see you know any kind of action taken after the fact time and time again that i don't think it's attention i just think it's it just be like if you if your neighbor's car was stuck in a ditch and you <laughs> And you rode by, and every day your neighbor's car was stuck in a ditch. After a while, it's just like, oh, here's my neighbor's car stuck in a ditch. You know, it just becomes normal, normalized. And then there's the sort of unfair disaster comparisons. You know, there's like 14 people in in the New York area that are dead from this storm. Right. And here, not so much. We only had three. Yeah. So, you know, does that mean we're better at me? Like, what does that mean? I think we're at a different place. I mean, I, I was looking back through some of my Katrina stuff the other day and thinking about how FEMA, how FEMA was so um, much part of that, for good and for bad. You know, their response was bad um, in terms of time. Right. But then, but then all of a sudden there were you know checks for people to stay evacuated. There was like, there was a response, um, which, you know, that's an unsustainable method to have these responses each and every time. Not that 
they shouldn't. But I, I'm I am kind of amazed at the absence of FEMA as as an entity here. And maybe they are in other parishes, but I haven't seen. I them. haven't really heard. Do you think there's some? Well, last I saw, city officials and Entergy, I think combined, were were announcing that the energy plan of restoration was hoping to include soon the convention center as a refugee place. Do you think that people will be, especially those who've been, those who especially were th- lived through Katrina, would be reluctant to go to a place like that? bringing back memories of the Superdome. It's it's an entirely different... I know there was different... a place um, up in Alexandria where they were taking people, okay. and they announced last night that that was full, and I think that was for people from the lower parishes um, where, you know, they have nothing um, in terms of services. I did see yesterday that there were a number of um, buses that are stationary, and those are cooling centers and they had food there and water so i kind of like that <laughs> model of a neighborhood um based uh just way to get out of you keeping but, it a, a small and and yet rich with the irony hearkening back to what you said a minute ago of how to deal in the immediate aftermath of a storm like this is to go to your car and sit and burn mm-hmm. gasoline to go to these cooling mm-hmm. centers, these buses that are burning fossil fuels, running generators which run on gasoline. So the short term, you know, this this giant problem we've got with climate change and these this climate change without question has led to these catastrophic events or making them worse. And yet we continue to add to the problem in the aftermath. Whether you are actively conscious and aware and feeling guilty and, and or whether you're just don't get don't get it at all. I mean we're all kind of forced to participate in a in a petrochemical world. It'll be interesting to see what kind of decisions get made as it relates to solar power and small you know, because really what we need as an individual is I think to be satisfied with some level of solar generation a fridge a window unit or a fan it's pretty basic we don't need whole house uh, power so you know it makes it tolerable for people to stay because i've been saying this for years a city that evacuates is not a sustainable city some of the sort of pressing issues that are happening right now in the city. The first and foremost, and I know you're not on the beat anymore, but um, COVID, we were in the middle of a fourth surge when this happened. 98% of the ICU beds were filled with non-vaccinated COVID sufferers. Talk about how you think this storm is going to affect 
that? So hard to say. I mean, I really think that people are, um, because there's no inside congregations, particularly, you know, there's not a large scale, scale congregation. Um, there's maybe family congregations, you know, where one family may have decided everyone should come over to my house because, you know, I've got some supplies here. So within family members, um, you know, I think, I mean, we did wait in line yesterday for some ice and I'd say it was a pretty even split and people who were masking. Um, but it's, you know, 90 degrees in the sun. So, you know, hard to judge. Um, but I, I can't help but think that people's guards are going to be down because, you know, most people respond to the crisis that is in front of them, that real instead of the crisis that is, maybe they don't see it as a crisis. No one does a crisis well because we're so versed in a crisis. Um, and unfortunately, you know, for people who have moved here and haven't experienced it, it's disconcerting, but I, I, I do think for people who've been through multiple crises, it's just kind of, how do I get my needs met? How do I get comfortable? Um, I really wish I'd put the screen on that window <laughs> last year. <laughs> you know, that kind of like practical, you become very practical. Um, it's not existential. Yeah, I mean, that comes later. <laughs> um, it's funny, too, because my daughter's up in Mississippi, and I texted her this morning to see when she's coming home because she lives next door. The power's on. She's like, oh, probably a few days. <laughs> like, oh, you know, you know. No hurry. No hurry. And so I think people are, you know, they're not racing home to see disaster like they did after Katrina. One of the success stories out of all this was, well, I guess we got lucky in that it wasn't a giant soaker like Laura was for last year for Lake Charles. It didn't sit over the over the city and just pour two feet of rain, number one. Number two, mm -hmm. that the levee system worked. The pumps lost power, but the generators kicked on as they should and did all that, that they should have done. So that was a that was a win. Yeah, and I think we have, you know, at least in uh, Helena Moreno, we have a council person who is intent on finding some level of uh, responsibility from energy, which is important. What percentage of the city is back on as we speak? Do you know? Oh God, it's sliver, minuscule, tiny, yeah, teeny, and and I and unsure to me because I, I keep looking at the map um unsure to me um you're not going to see the map and be able to, to to determine that there's some pattern pattern here that would be an interesting story to break down the grid in the priority you know what the priorities are and and when did those priorities get set i want to read you something funny from twitter this morning i read yesterday from the nola ready um, system that they're starting to do garbage collection today. And mm -hmm. this morning on Twitter, DC Big John wrote, phew, the quarter is starting to smell like a used hobo diaper made of week old raw chicken and despair. 
Mmm, that's crawfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can get pretty stinky. We've got, you know, a, a lot of, I, I, have, I right now I've got cubes of ice, like blocks of ice in my bathtub with all my refrigerator contents covered with a yoga mat. It's very handy. <laughs> and a blanket and then some rugs. And then I realized the the cold is evaporating out on the bottom. The floor around the tub is nice and chilly. Oh. Um, so even though the power came back on, it takes a long time for your fridge to get back up to temp. So that's my job for today um, before stuff starts smelling like... Hobo diaper and weak old raw chicken <laughs> and despair. Because <laughs> yes. soon enough, the whole city's got... <laughs> We were talking about missing the the debris pickup, and I was like, the, the, the debris pickup hasn't even begun. No, that's that's weeks, weeks from now. Yeah. 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 Putting the stuff out has barely begun. So, yeah, you know, take a big breath. Enjoy the day. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some ice cream somewhere. Oh, good. A snowball. A daiquiri a would be good. All right. Well, thanks for your time, and... Okay, thanks so much, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this is the, the last of the season. Last Your lips to God's ears, my friend. <laughs> thanks so much. Bye, Karen. Bye-bye. This is Behind the Lens, a podcast from The Lens, New Orleans' first nonprofit, nonpartisan public interest newsroom. I'm Carolyn Heldman. Our guest this week was the co founder and executive director of The Lens, Karen Gadbois. Keep up with all the news and opinions at our website, thelensnola.org. Thanks for listening and stay safe. A correction to an earlier statement about the New Orleans Power Station it is ratepayer funded not taxpayer-funded.